0: Hello. Welcome to We Read Allegedly, where we're allegedly reading books. It's October. It's spooky month.
1: So many books.
0: So we're having a special two-part spooky episode where we're going to read Frankenstein and Dracula, which we kind of talked about in the last episode jokingly and then decided we were really going to do it.
1: Speaking of spooked, we have a friend on the podcast with us.
0: Yeah, we're not alone. We brought people. I brought people. Not everyone brought people.
1: You brought brought person.
0: I brought person. You're a people. He's people. Uh, John Michael's here. Say hi, John Michael. Hi.
2: I'm here for reasons.
0: He's read a book or two in his time. Two,
2: specifically. Two
0: books specifically. He'll be talking about them (laughs) today and then never back again. (laughs) Ever. Poor guy. He only gets a
3: voice for these two episodes. The rest of the time he's mute. I just realized that both of your first names are the same, so I'm probably going to be calling you
2: JM. What? Michael Michael is not my middle name. It is a hyphenated first name. Oh.
0: So you're really John hyphen Michael? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Sometimes. let's get into some alleged reads. John, what are you reading?
1: Uh, I just got done reading John Dies at the End by David Wong. Yet again, we read it for this podcast, and I read it again for my own amusement. Some
0: of us read it for this podcast.
1: Well, you read some (laughs) of it for the podcast. All of us read some of it, but some
2: of us read all of it.
0: That is accurate. Did you read some of it?
2: Is this the one you were telling me about a few months ago?
0: No, that was the one that he made me read after
1: this one.
2: Same author, though? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right? Futuristic What? Oh, futu- oh Futuristic
1: Violence and Fancy Suits. I
0: actually yes. liked that. Isn't one. that the same?
1: Same author, yeah.
0: Yeah. Same, same author.
1: author. By Jason Pargan or David Wong. I did finish that
0: one though. I enjoyed it just as much as John dies at the
1: end. <laughs> really? I thought you liked it a little bit more because you actually finished it. Okay, that says everything.
3: Nope. If you would like to remind yourself of Squid's opinions of uh, futuristic
1: suits violence and
3: fancy violence.
1: Wait, no. I feel like I messed <laughs> That's, that up. You did <laughs> That's some of the words. <laughs> well, those are all the <laughs> right words. Are, they were just in all the wrong the right order.
3: Words they may or may not be in the right order. I just woke up all from the nap, right so my dyslexia is like all the
1: woo. wrong places. What
0: episode is that, Celeste? Episode eleven. Yeah, go listen to that. You can hear all my opinions. It was our March episode. That's why I was like, I don't know.
3: Which one, was? Which one
1: was John dies at the end, uh, Celeste? That was early.
0: That was episode eight.
1: Not that early. It's
0: big. that means you made me read well, two Ted. of his books in a row yep. and in one year.
1: Sounds about right. Thanks. Look, David David Wong is one of those people. His stories have di- take different shapes, and I had to see if either of them worked for you.
3: I will say this: you made us read how we are hungry. Yeah in between those books yes a palate cleanser realized <laughs> that's one way to look at it <laughs> if you'd like to hear my thoughts on the book that's episode nine
0: i just okay, got to. we're done this is not my alleged all other read episodes. but i'm gonna use this as my alleged read now instead of one of my books i just got to see dave Eggers this last weekend who wrote how we are hungry and it was very lovely. It was wonderful. Uh, he was at Printer's Row Lit Fest in Chicago and gave a talk about one of his new books that I don't remember the name of, but it's about a
1: dog. Nope. Nope. I don't trust him with dogs nope. anymore.
0: No, it's like, nope. a, it's geared Never towards again.
1: young people. So it's... So he kills the dog in front of young people? He does not.
0: So is old Yeller. He does
2: not kill the dog in front of young people. You did say the dog was primarily happy?
0: The dog, yes. The dog, yes. Yeah. Someone in the audience asked him, like how if they were doing an audiobook, how the dog would sound and he was like effervescent and happy, jubilant. So it's a it's a happy book. Until He's just going through life. Yeah. Until the end when he gets killed in
1: the book. <laughs> and then I and then determines know. that the sun is God.
0: Yeah. Uh anyway, it was very good. He was lovely. A wild man. He just like drew pictures while he was doing this talk. Just was sitting there with a paintbrush making bison in the middle I mean, of telling a story that
3: might be how he deals with anxiety because i often doodle and sketch
0: when i'm nervous it was it was a pretty good painting like he was just in the middle of talking did this painting and then gave it away after he did a quiz
1: did you get him to sign your copy
0: no i don't have a physical copy of how we are hungry that's one of my ebooks
1: oh right i'm sorry I, for some reason i thought that was the one your mom gave you but she gave you let the great world spin yes, which the, is also great the, the, which is a, the other only slightly the other book that her encouraging me psychologically
0: i did tell my mother that you're finishing frankenstein because of her and she thought that was hilarious so <laughs> hi squids mom other than vampire the masquerade lore have you been reading anything john michael
2: does baldur's
1: gate three count as anything
0: See, we've had a lot of dialogue yeah, in Baldur's I, Gate. I've been,
2: I have been perusing that- D&D lore again since I have started playing Baldur's Gate 3. Yep. The
3: world of mm-hmm. I bet That's some interesting
2: Some lore. of the other settings, too. I have a too.
1: book. F- you play Derp and Derp, JM?
2: Yes. Actually, hmm. yeah. Quite, quite a bit. Recently. You even, sounded
1: confused for a moment.
2: Oh, I just had been playing lots of D&D. have recently moved to playing other systems more.
0: But the, the entire years. lore of d d is in that man's head. Not the
2: entire lore.
0: Most of the lore of d d is <laughs> in that man's head.
1: So you have read R.A. Salvatore then?
3: Yeah, I have one of those books.
1: I know, I gave it to you.
0: Haven't
3: Why does that name sound it? familiar yeah. to me?
1: Because, because he
3: writes the Drizzt books.
1: Drizzt. Drizzt.
3: Does he write uh, other things? There, there's
1: yeah, he, too many Ts in a Um a Z he, in he he wrote or... he wrote a lot of D&D lit uh back when it was owned by uh, uh TSR. TSR, thank you. Yeah. Uh back when they were still on TSR. Um he wrote uh the Drizzt novels. He wrote the uh Cleric Quintet. Oh, lots I of have stuff. To go I look. mean
3: I am currently looking. He has a book called The Color of Dragons, and I am now interested. Oh, he wrote the prequel trilogy, the book edition. I will not read that because I no longer read books based off of
1: movies. I mean, not every novelization is going to be like uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, that was so bad,
0: though. We were just talking about that today.
1: I'm sorry. Why would you want to go back to that memory? Because
0: I was talking about sometimes Terrible we things. don't have spiritual takeaways because sometimes
2: books suck. Books do suck. Out of all of the movie novelizations, why was that one selected?
0: I was for yeah. Mechmas. Because
3: it was themed. Yeah, we were we were trying to take part in the Christmas theme for Geek Devotions, which ironically enough kind of, sort of, both of these books fit in with the current October theme. Hey, there's a segue. Of uh, Geek Devotions, which is sci-frites. Yeah.
0: There's not a lot of sci-fi in either of these, but technically, uh,
3: Frankenstein. Frankenstein, thank you. It's the, it's considered, it is considered to be the start of modern science fiction.
2: At the Time it was written, I think it absolutely would have been considered science fiction. Yeah,
3: we we don't consider it science fiction because of what we're used to, but it it was considered to like be the start of the genre. I would back use that,
0: that. Oh, go ahead, John.
1: I was about to say back in eighteen eighteen, this was cutting edge science that they were talking about in the beginning when he Natural was Natural Philosophy. So, thank Galvanism. you.
0: Was well, not science. <laughs> Uh I would use that as a segue except Celeste I cut you off before you said what you were reading because we started talking about D&D. So, that's okay.
3: I'm currently reading um I'm in a pil- I apologize if I mispronounce this word because it looks like vinaigrettes but it's not. Vignette? Uh Vignette. Yes. Villains Vignettes by Drew Hayes, Squid's favorite author. Oh, yes. Uh it is part of the The Villains Code series. And it's actually. Is he the the friend
0: series?
1: Yes.
3: Okay. Well, then I didn't hate him. He was okay. No, you didn't hate him.
1: You found him to be fluff.
3: I actually think that you would like the Villains Code series more because it is less of a blog post style and more of a traditional, like. I mean, the fact that it's called vignettes
0: sounds like it would be the style he needs, which is short stories
1: actually the first the first book in the villain's code is a beast of a book it's uh it, yes. audiobook wise it's over it's about 25 hours long
3: it's a beefy boy
0: still not the it's longest the audiobook i've ever done no
3: <laughs> it's nothing is as long as brandon sanderson but
0: nothing is as long as the unabridged lame miserables fair that was a lot of hours <laughs>
3: yeah i'm i'm sure that was but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I enjoy the world because it's, in, in this world, the, there is a organization of villains that keep the villains from doing things too bad. Like they'll rob the, the museums, they'll kill people, they'll whatever, but like there's a, a code of honor that they have to hold to, or the, the code will take them out so it's it's interesting i'm enjoying the new book um i I don't think that it's i don't actually think it's a multiple stories or if it is i haven't gotten to another story i just started it recently
0: okay
3: so but i'm enjoying it i also enjoy the the um narrator like he's someone that i would probably read more of there is a series that he does
1: called secondhand curses it's only one book it's not a series
3: i think that there's more now no
1: ma'am i asked him directly i said are you going to make another book and he's like nope that series is ded dead much like fred fred is undead
0: it's a state of dead it's more than it is a state of alive (laughs) So Well, I think that you would
3: enjoy Secondhand Curses. It's kind of a cozy series. And again, it is the the short story style, Mm -hmm. but they're all interconnected. Yeah, I definitely, like, I didn't mind.
0: Anyway, if you want to hear my thoughts about Fred, (laughs) go listen to that episode, which I'm not going to look up (laughs) because I could talk about it for a while again,
3: but. I think that was, like, episode seven. There were several, like, right in a row that
1: were like,
0: mm. Yeah. And now, today, we have this one. Let's talk about Frankenstein.
1: I guess we're <laughs> starting with that
0: one. Okay. Frankenstein. For those of you that don't know, the description for Frankenstein is mostly just talking about what a classic it is. Uh so we're gonna say the story of Victor Frankenstein's terrible creation and the havoc it caused has enthralled generations of readers and inspired countless writers of horror and suspense. That's as much as I'm gonna read. Cause the rest of this description is more just what it has inspired. If you don't know who Frankenstein is, I don't know. Get out what, there. What rock yeah. have you been living under?
3: <laughs> Get out of what, the cave.
1: We can say this much, forget about the Universal movies because this book has nothing to do with any movie that's ever been made.
0: What I what universal movie though?
1: The Universal Monster movies. Frankenstein back from nineteen thirty one featuring Boris Karloff.
2: Okay. It's like the kind of the iconic bolts in the neck. Ah. Uh, I see. Herman Munster.
0: Oh and like, but not. Bride of Frankenstein? I've I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, the, there was one before that. I see, I see. It. The one that introduced Frankenstein. Yes. Yes,
3: it was the first half of the book. Although technically, the entire book was uh, could be summed up in the sentence: "Man tries to find date from father."
0: Man tries to find date in family. I think those sum up the story. Yo,
1: that that works on both sides of the story.
0: <laughs> it works from yeah. from three parts of the story
1: can i just can i just say that when we fr- when i first started this book you guys i even sent a message to you guys i'm like if victor frankenstein tries to marry his stepsister i am out it's and then i got technically they're
0: not related they, though. they I, are their
1: gross, cousins gross no,
0: they're cousins no no
3: the if in the story it says that mom found this kid living with mm-hmm. somebody else and she was like, "Okay, cool. We have money. Let's take care of the I kid." Still because have this questions. is the 1800s. Adoption isn't actually a thing. I Apparently. mean, for, for me, were, it was the Royal Tenenbaums. All over babes.
1: again.
0: The Royal Tenenbaums.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. It's
0: a good movie. Isn't that Christmas? No. A Christmas thing. No. It's a Wes
3: Anderson. You're thinking film.
1: of Oh, Tenenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> That's just- the Royal Tenenbaums is a uh, play to movie. Uh, is a play great to movie. Wes Anderson film? Yeah, um, and in it there they ha there is somebody who has an ad- one of the daughters is adopted and her stepbrother is in love with her, and it's gross. It's
2: no,
0: I, well Victor is gross and no. To I mean that's fair.
2: Their union is pretty much arranged from when they were pretty small. Yeah, they're
0: babies. He's yeah. like since babies we've known each other and loved one another well
3: basically so basically his mom was like i'm gonna go find a wife for my son before he's old enough to have a wife and we'll raise them together
0: because that's how this works
3: that doesn't creep. St- it's the 1800s we don't have standards and thus
1: started toddler beauty pageants <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 why does that actually work <laughs>
0: Oh, well, I think at the beginning of uh, both this episode and part 2 we'll say that uh they will be spoilers cuz if you haven't read this book, if you don't even at least know the basics like
1: look, this book's been out for over 200 years at this, this point.
0: This book if is now in public now, domain. You can find it online. You do not need to own it to read it.
3: <laughs> can can we just appreciate I listened to the audiobook version of this and maybe it's just the voice actor who was doing the voices, but so dramatic. Like, and not in a good
0: way, like in a 13 year old girl. That's way. how Victor reads. Victor's like, oh no. Woe is me. Everyone hates me because like, I'm
3: smart. And he's beautiful. like, I, I came to myself what? and realized the horror that I'd done, and I wanted to go man up and kill it then.
1: Okay, or so was yours it. read by Dan Stevens? Yeah.
0: Yes.
3: yes. It was
1: awful. He constantly sounded like he was going to cry, no matter what character he was voicing. Let me,
0: let me tell you, if you're reading the book physically, it also sounds like Victor is always going to cry, so that's accurate.
2: <laughs> it doesn't sound that way for some of the others, though, so I'm glad that I avoided that.
0: Yeah. There, there are a few others that don't wait, sound wait. like they're going to cry, but Victor always sounds like he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Squid,
1: you said, you said you and JM were reading this book together?
0: Uh, we started so he- reading this book together, well, actually, and then I, I read so, the rest so, of the book I was, <laughs> I the, the
2: for, for yeah, so I was the voice actor for a while. He was the voice actor.
1: Let me ask <laughs> this, Hello. then. When when JM when JM was reading this aloud, did he sound like he was going to cry?
0: No, but it, he hadn't gotten to the crying stages yet, and you perfectly okay. captured the I think pretentious more, more of the,
2: yeah, the intellectual bum. grandiosity yeah. of Walton and Frankenstein was my...
0: Walton was great. Frankenstein was very much like, "Oh, I hate him. He's pretentious." This accent you've chosen is wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> perfect for the character. The
2: way it's written just kind of makes oh. you feel like you have to.
0: Yeah, it really yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, I get that. He's so much. He's so much. So see,
3: I like Dan Stevens as an actor. So,
0: is he? I see Draco. No. Who's, who does he play? He plays someone that I'm thinking uh, of. He's a blonde guy. Well, you—he he is a blonde guy.
3: If you are a fan of Downton Abbey, he is Matthew. And then he broke the fandom's heart by not renewing his contract, and didn't understand why everyone was mad at him. Um, and then he was Beast in Beauty and the Beast. The live—that's live what I version. was thinking of has a beautiful singing voice and he also played legion in the fx show which that's a head trip he was in told Sense and i can't Sensibility. Watch it. you you would yeah you wouldn't be able to watch that i think you would enjoy it if it wasn't for that all the stuff that you wouldn't enjoy
0: <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that you would hate most of it how did you guys feel about this book i know celeste <laughs> has thoughts I
3: it was just so dramatic like I feel like it was too long
0: there were too many words it was too long it was 170 pages it was seven hours of my
3: life the story seven this is
0: it this is Frankenstein do you know what was too long the book we'll be talking about in part two (laughs) I have thoughts on that one too I have oh, many thoughts how about it. Save,
1: save that book for that episode, madam.
0: I will. I'm not telling so, you my thoughts yet. By but, my tone, you can't tell what they are. <laughs> sure.
1: No, not my at thing, all.
3: My thing is that it it like there's just some things that didn't need to be said. It was overly verbose. Being said, and some of it could have been the fact that this was like the 1818 edition. We're talking early 1800s. Maybe everybody just had more time and said more words
0: because. But they had the time to say more. Also, because they're boring. Like, if you like, think about what? the fact that this is written from first person Victor' perspective, all he has is time, because he is just an intellectual man that's sitting here that has nothing to do but think
1: and be dramatic.
3: So, like, <laughs> JM, honey, you're gonna have to jump in because we just don't stop. We don't.
1: Mm. <laughs> if you wait for a break, <laughs> so, in, if you wait for a break in the conversation, it'll you're be not gonna episode? say anything, no, dude. I see. That's that's the
2: that's the break. The mm-hmm. end.
3: So, so just so just jump in. We we will not be offended. I know you're very good at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it just it was too too many words. It was too. Oh, it's so terrible. I literally wanted to smack Dracula. Not
0: Dracula. I wanted to smack I Dracula.
3: <laughs> I literally wanted to smack Frankenstein because he was so dang whiny.
0: Yes, I also wanted to smack him. <laughs> like and. I, well,
3: no, that gets in my spiritual speculation. I'll hold off on that.
0: I uh, mean, we can do that. There's a lot in this book, as we were just talk- we were talking. we There about is a lot. A few minutes ago, like, pretty much every page I could probably find something to relate to something.
3: There is. I will say, though, I feel like that the book overall, if you took out all of the dramatic and the whiny and the whatnot, is actually a
1: better story
0: than most of... If you took out the dramatic the, and whiny, it wouldn't have impact.
1: I disagree. No, no, no.
0: I think
3: it's this if you take the overall concept story, parse it down, re rework it. It's not. It's not as because uh, you could have done that with less words. The overall story, the overall length of the story, actually to me is more impactful than the majority of the Frankenstein media that's out there. I just got tired of hearing all the words.
2: I think. I- I'd have to brush up a bit on my history, but I'm not I'm not sure if at the time that Mary Shelley wrote it that somebody who knew how to write would have thought of any other way to articulate their emotions than very verbosely.
3: That's fair. That is very fair.
2: She was I eight mean, so. she was eight just as an aside, she was eighteen when she wrote Frankenstein. Which is just And that married. explains a lot. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's the 1800s that she's probably been married since she was 13. Also Uh, wild how
0: intellectual the book is. She was a child. Yeah. Child.
1: This is true. But she was, to my understanding, and I could be wrong about this, but to my understanding, she was like super into science as well, which is the reason why this is the way it was. Um, It took me a while to get into this book because I got hung up on how verbose it was. It. Mm. drove me up the wall and i i i could accept the fact that you know it was probably a product of its time in that aspect but i can only re- i can only read it as a uh middle aged male from the 21st century uh so i can only critique it critique it as such however it i it eventually started to get its hooks in me and i could kind of cruise along with it it stopped being like uber boring and just kind of got mid for me, I suppose, is the best way to describe it. It just got okay. (laughs) Um, I
3: was actually really into it until near the end because it felt like it just kept dragging. Uh,
1: Honestly, my favorite part of the book was when the creature was... I I refuse to call it a monster.
3: The creature. Uh, It's not. uh, Frankenstein's the monster.
1: Yes. Uh, But uh, when the creature was telling its story... Mm -hmm. his story Mm -hmm. yes his story when the creature was telling his story um that was my favorite part that that i i i felt like that flowed a bit better the Mm -hmm. the pacing of that picked up and that's kind of what kept me hanging on until idiot victor got back on the mic
0: like yeah personally for me that shows like how good she was at writing and crafting the story Mm. personally because when you're reading the creature's story like you said it cruises more and it flows more because he is more articulate and thoughtful than victor is whereas victor is like i'm going to use all these words to say these things that i'm feeling and thinking but it's
3: it's almost like when you have someone who is really shallow, but they're trying to not be really shallow, and so they use all these big words. And Victor's a genius. Like, like, he's a
0: smart man. Cover.
3: But- yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, to cover the fact that that he's not that great of a person. He's trying to, like, make it sound pretty. All I- right.
2: Yes, the creature is way way more empathetic than Victor is, and I think that's why he's naturally a better storyteller just because he actually is despite doing what he does, he tries to look into what other people are experiencing. You know, he, even he even kind of even though he comes to hate people and feels rejected by them, he never denies that they're capable of everything that he wants to be part of. You know, it, the hatred comes from him being ostracized from something he can't access.
3: It's the Ariel syndrome before Ariel.
2: <laughs> the the original the Ariel, that, the, like
0: the creature yeah. from Frankenstein. <laughs> yes,
1: there was a meta point about this book I found to be slightly amusing as well. In that, um, well, it it kind of contrasts with the other book that we read for this month. Uh, but I was I was amused reading this book that dracula is the fiction of choice for the for the gothic subculture in the united states uh particularly amongst teens Wild. whereas this whereas this book really ought to be because it covers all yeah. the it covers all the niche topics that the goth mm-hmm. kids would totally be into it my parents don't understand me they just hate me i hate them i need to ruin everything everything's depressing
2: i'm so alone there's that
3: th- would take more self-awareness than
2: most have. There is vastly more angst in this book than there is oh, in Direct. Yes. Oh,
3: yes. So much.
0: <laughs> From everyone. All the time.
3: Like I'm I feel like my chemical romance should have made an
0: album on this. Oh, it I'd would be it. phenomenal. It'd be so it good. Would be so good. Like the creatures chapters, but then also like the last two where it's Walton's letters. Are, I think the best. Yes. Especially because he's also talking with the creature then too.
3: Yeah. Walton's letters to his sister
0: were interesting. Like, I thought it was an interesting way to to portray that. Well, I, just, I did think it was interesting not to get into part two's book, but because we know we're doing both of them, that we happen to pick books that both have multiple point of views with letters. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, just as a, like, I'm not
3: a writer, but I find it easier to write in a letter format than I do... Just to write a story. Right. So like, uh, that's actually how just for for our playing games with strangers, crossover crew, the ones that listen to both, see character my next character, that's how I wrote her backstory was I literally wrote it like she was writing in a diary or writing letters. And that's how I came up with all the ideas. Because getting into the character's head and writing is easier to me than going this is a story point a and b Mm -hmm.
0: i feel like both of these episodes are going to be slightly shorter because all of what i want to say kind of ties into each other so yeah but that's they i mm, i don't know i liked this book a lot
3: (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you liked it
1: i will say that i am glad that we read that we read uh francis uh art in the Bible baby Schaefer Schaefer yeah. I keep wanting to say Schroeder and I know that's wrong Francis Schaefer I'm glad we read art in the Bible before we read this book because i I would have came out swinging on this book if I, I hadn't, but it has forever changed my perspective on reading things you're welcome and ultimately i i, I don't I, I don't want to say that it's a bad book because it's not it's very well written it is it is matter of fact i would go as far as to say it is exceedingly well written it's just Mm. not the kind of book that i would be particularly interested in visiting again
0: yes i i can see that we just had this conversation i shouldn't have had as many conversations about this book with joe michael before we started the podcast because we've talked about it all already uh but we were talking about classics and like what Mm -hmm determines a classic which is why i think frankenstein fits so well into being a classic because it is it is verbose and it is written of the time so you have to learn how to read a book like that which Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily teaching people how to do anymore so it is easy to be like oh this is too much i don't want to read it but this book if you can get through that part is so relevant still all of it really all is. of the themes and topics that are in it are so relevant and so applicable still which is what i think makes a good classic is you can read it and it's like oh i can get something out of this yeah
1: i agree and and there were there were points where i'm reading it and i'm like that is a very good point that the author is trying to make i don't like the character who's making the point but victor um, is
0: unlikable quantifiably yeah. the worst person and he was written that way on purpose honestly
1: she did a great job however there were points in this book where i was reading it where i'm like i'm not enjoying this book but i feel like this book should be required reading in high school
3: i enjoyed it a lot even with the verbose it just got to be you know how you read something you're like oh i'm really enjoying this but it's too much That was my only issue is that by the end of it, I was like, I'm just sick of this. I'm just, I'm ready to be done.
0: I think it's one of the books that once again, I would say actually benefits from picking up and reading a copy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, as I was saying earlier today, I'm sad that I waited because I was on page like 48 this morning Mm
2: -hmm. and finished through
0: page 170 today. And it was, I mean, it's a fast read. I got through it that fast, but I wish that I had had more time to like read a portion, sit down, think about that
2: portion. Think about it. Yeah. Oh, there are definitely just moments where you kind of like, you'll see a bunch of words in a sentence used to, you will you'll read them quickly and just like, okay, she's saying that this person is feeling this way. And you quickly translate it and move along. And that just helps the book move Mm. better. Yeah. Flows a bit faster.
3: That that might have ha- it might have benefited not being an audio book for me. Yeah, um, but again, I legitimately got this book before we decided to do this because I went, oh, Dan Stevens was the narrator, and grabbed it because Legion. Um, and it might be a different reading. It I do know that this is our friend uh, Ben Avery's favorite book,
0: and I will say, is it even Ben's if- favorite? If if it you- is, I know you probably don't want to read it again right away, Celeste, but. It is a small book, 170 pages. So next time, if you want to pick it up, read it physically and take time with it. Yeah. And I think that will benefit the story a lot. Honestly, I probably
3: will, if nothing else, because I know that, I know that like Dallas enjoys Dallas and I, ever since we read the enchanted hour, Dallas and I read and I read to him specifically. Um, it's taking us a long time because you know sometimes when we have time to read we don't have energy and or this is i just don't have a voice. as we learned
0: <laughs> this takes a lot of mental energy to read
3: yeah boy. Does so it. like we've been reading uh the graveyard book for almost a year
0: so eventually
3: we probably will read this because i don't think he's ever read
0: it i think it maybe, would it
3: would benefit yes. both of you know. in
0: that method for sure yeah
1: yeah I mean, if I'm honest, I don't plan on revisiting this book again. I I mean, like if, if we were, if we were to going to give it a rating, like we do on the bottom shelf, I'd probably put this on the bottom. Like I, I I didn't enjoy it. I don't want to go back to it, but I'm not going to try to keep anybody else from reading it. In fact, I would almost encourage most people to read it once because of some of the point, some of the ideas it's trying to promote as my mic stand keeps trying to go lower on me. Um, So, but I, I I just, I don't want to go back to it. It, it, The pacing of it is just off for me. And half the time I'm just trying to think of, I'm thinking of things I'd rather be doing than listening to it in particular.
3: Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I just, it got to be too much. So I think it also, I also think I could have benefited more from just being able to Stop and not because this is partially my own fault. Because I didn't start either of these books that we're going to be talking about this month until the last minute because I am a mood reader. Mm -hmm. And so it is too dang hot to be spooky right now.
1: (laughs) Well, it (laughs) depends. It was 90
3: degrees today. I was sweating. I don't want like fall spooky vibes.
0: I would when submit that Frankenstein hot. is not fall spooky vibes.
3: But because I'd never read that, the only concept of Frankenstein that I had had was the horror movies, the classic, universal. The So I thought that that's what I was in for.
2: This book is pretty top shelf for me. Granted, my shelf's a little smaller <laughs> than probably most people's. But I, I, I first ran into this book, actually, when I was really small, too small to grasp it entirely but i kind of i remember at the time just being into monsters because that's sort of how your, your brain runs at that time so my, my brain was working and I, I kind of expected something you know just another monster to sort of be interested in and it well i didn't understand the book entirely it was something different and I, I do think that it changed the way i kind of approached reading and understanding stories going forward so i, I go back to this book every few years this is a nice a comfort read for me
1: j m has instantly fascinated me by grabbing onto my rating system without a background for it
2: no background
1: I, I, this is just... I, I need i i need i need to ask you now jm what 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 are the authors that you do read like what type what what's what's the book that grabs you by well i can't use that allegory <laughs> that grabs you but we by understand the nose? so i
2: uh, i mean I'm. Re- she is dangling Cormac McCarthy in front of me aggressively, and I, I have a feeling that that will grab me pretty heavily. I read No Country for Old Men a while ago, and I enjoyed that. Do
1: you hate life? Yeah, mostly. <laughs>
2: um,
1: do you do you enjoy hating life? No. Sometimes, maybe, maybe I do. <laughs> I just I admit, think- if that makes you uncomfortable, you're not, no, you're, you're
2: in for a wild ride. <laughs> no, it's it's more just. That's an interesting question. I, I, I actually don't have a clear answer. Maybe that's a, an interesting way to think about those books, though. Um, I'm looking at her also amused for that question. Because
0: um, you know where that comes from. Because I love <laughs> Cormac McCarthy a
3: lot. Who's <laughs> Cormac McCarthy?
2: He wrote uh, the Road. a lot of
1: depre- depressing I really like The Road. Yeah. Life is short, life is bleak, and we all die alone that type of a book so not my style
0: at all it is why I will never make you guys read Cormac McCarthy but I do think people should very good very good author but very bleak (laughs) stories for sure do you hate life (laughs) do you think life is worth living (laughs) and suddenly
3: this has turned into a counseling session
0: I mean to be fair Frankenstein kind of is
1: it is. I mean yeah do you hate being
0: alive because the creature did
1: he did, I, but I I read it more as a uh, just probing the concept of lonely from the monster's perspective. It was a probe into the concept of loneliness and the the extent that people will go to escape it. Um, mm, that's not what I read. It. It's very different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, here, that's the reason why reading is subjective. People get it's different so points good. out of it, like. Like from from Frankenstein's perspective, like the the point I got from him was was the dangers of uh, being overly ambitious as well as not taking responsibility for the things that you cre- that you create in life.
0: That's what I got from Victor, for sure. That is not what I got from the creature.
1: I don't I don't. I don't find the creature to be completely faultless in this book. Oh, he's not. I I, I, I want to put that yeah. out there. Like w- I, I I put a lot of I hate Victor Frankenstein in, in my in my thoughts on this because I do. rightfully he is, so. He 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 is a trash man. However, um, I I do find I I think the biggest victim in this in this uh, book is Elizabeth. Was the creature. Oh yeah, Elizabeth. The people, the creature I mean, kills. Uh, I mean, of, of the name, main... but I, 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 find it, uh, I find the creature to be one of the biggest victims in this book. However, um, just because he was so wronged by Victor, I don't necessarily think that that gives him the right to do, to take the paths that he did for a lack of better words. There's a better way of saying it, but right now, the choices I
0: have... he made are not justified
3: because yes, thank you.
1: Justified, he is yes. not justified in his actions. Thank you.
3: At the same time, he'd never been told
0: otherwise. There, well, that's a Fred dangerous line. That's a, a dangerous parent. line of thought, Celeste. <laughs> mm.
3: It is, and I'll admit, just because you had have never been taught something does not make it right. right. I think, but that's at why the same time, makes... there is there is a level of understanding or grace. There's a level of grace we should. Give to him because I th- he just didn't know.
0: I think that's what makes the end to chapter so compelling. Because mm. when he's talking to Walton, it's very clear that he's like, Yeah, I know that I did bad things, but I was justified, wasn't I? Because this man was horrible to me and didn't teach me these I things?
2: I don't know if he even goes so far to say that he's justified at the end, though.
0: Yeah. Well, he doesn't I mean,
2: quite go so far. He, 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 he openly says that his actions have ruined his yeah. himself and that he needs to die for them.
0: Mm. What? Because then he goes off into Siberia and kills himself.
1: Uh, but that, was at, that was at the end of the book. I mean, even earlier on. He with, says
0: similar things earlier, too.
1: Mm-hmm. But he continues to do them. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Again, it doesn't, you know, absolve him of his choices. It explains no. them. Does not excuse them.
2: I don't know if he feels justified so much as he feels fated. Yes. To his. I think that's a good way to put it. To the way he goes through his life. Mm. Because
1: again, dude. fascinated by JM.
0: Me too. <laughs> so what spiritual takeaways do you guys <laughs>
3: I has a spiritual takeaway if it says.
0: I have so many from okay. this book.
3: There are quite a few that you could could take the the main one being just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, true. And that that may not be biblical, but it is spiritual. Like <laughs> like I don't I don't necessarily know of anything in scripture that
0: specifically says is, just because you can well, doesn't yes, mean
3: you yes, should. The first one that's yes. like
0: even though it yes. is permissible does not mean that it that. is good. Yeah. Oh yes. yes. I got you. Actually, I think actually I
3: think I did a devotion <laughs> yes. on that. It's fine. <laughs> it's like several years ago. Um you can find that at geekdevotions.com. Anyway. Um but it's just the the inability of Victor to accept his own responsibility. And not just an accept his own responsibility, but a do something about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: All of this grief would have been done if as soon as he went, oh, God, what have I done? He went, let me handle this.
0: Which could and have taken a firm- number of variety of ways. Like exactly teaching your creation things.
3: Not abandoning it. His... Don't
1: create a human unless you have a pistol on hand to put a bullet in its head afterwards.
0: Well, hold on. Because a lot of So we can't phrase it like that. <laughs> Becoming a parent. I know. I would say
3: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I just can't. With that, that, that gives the oh. delivery room a different vibe. Let me tell you. <laughs>
1: i'd like to recommend the movie the 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 short story the dispatcher just for (laughs) all
3: oh that one's good that's a good story but anyway um, no you can't all babies look like aliens or potatoes you can't take that stance but if you are going to make an amalgamation of humans and give it sentience you can't just leave it like you have to take responsibility for the things you do if you do something, then own up to it. If you made a mistake, own up to it and take the steps to, to fix it rather than going, oh, no, let me run. Like, what did he think was going to happen? What did? He did he think it was just going to go, oh, well, my creators left me. Let me just lay here and die. Like, that's not problems don't fix themselves. You have to do something to fix it and so this was a and we see this repetitively of him running away instead of being a man and doing what needed to be done like man up woman up
1: this story is an allegory for deadbeat dads it just hit me
3: yeah and maybe that's why I'm so passionate about it (laughs) (laughs) I understand (laughs) just kidding my my dad is amazing but he also adopted
2: me
1: (laughs) So, well,
2: I mean, that's different.
0: Do you have one?
2: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I'm just do it. Combining it with what Celeste has just said cuz it's made me think about some other things.
0: Do it. Do it. Go with it and you go, run. You go
2: first. I'm nope. still thinking. Do it. Mm.
0: Put your thoughts out there. Welcome to podcasting.
2: Okay, well, in some ways, and this is we definitely not her hand. I don't think this is really her intent, but we were, we were talking about this beforehand, and it, it's hard for me not to look at this as kind of a perversion of the creation story in some sense. Mm. Um, yeah. I think like the fact that Victor refers to his creation as the creature the entire time, and, and she never gives it a name, it's just Frankenstein's monster, and it's pretty much the creature. Um, one of the first things that happens in the creation story is that Adam is given a name and is tasked with naming creation the creature remains nameless throughout the entire story um, and, and it's he mentions several times that he's kept apart and kept separate from everything else he, he even says he talks about Paradise Lost and even says that even Satan has devils to support him I'd be fine with that in fact I think that is what I am basically and in and Fra- Frankenstein starts calling him a demon eventually too so I think uh, and it almost I don't even know if she she titled it the modern Prometheus, which I, mm. tells me that probably wasn't in her head when she was writing this. Um, but at the same time, it is kind of this like horror story of this irresponsible, self-centered God that creates something that is very sentient and alive and is happy with the accomplishment and doesn't want to deal with anything else that comes after it. You know, he never really, he laments the creature itself, but not the fact that he did what he wanted to do, which was, say, he controlled or created life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think at any point he really expresses regret all through, all the way to the point where he wishes he couldn't have done that.
1: Hmm.
0: He just wishes the creature wasn't
3: there. He just
2: there. wishes the creature didn't exist, yeah.
3: Which kind of does go back to the... He's still not accepting responsibility.
2: Yeah, it is, is like, it is actually kind of, I mean, in some ways it almost feels grounded that he responds just by not actually developing any response. Because sometimes what people do, they just, they flee. They run away from problems. Um, But, you know, when he, he destroys the prospective companion, you know, he just, well, he f- he does freak out about it. He ultimately throws his hands up and goes, oh, well, something will happen eventually.
0: Which tying into both of those points to add into another spiritual takeaway, because it all goes together. Uh, thank God, God is God. Uh, and yeah. he didn't create us in the garden and then go, okay, y'all suck, bye. And even when and you know he- we sinned, he was like, well i guess i'll help take care of this mm-hmm. you know it wasn't like well okay um i'm gonna run to siberia now what if you guys stay away from me <laughs> like... exactly it's interesting because
3: i had a thought and then it left it was in my head much Did like go Victor to siberia
1: does.
2: yes
3: much like victor does i keep thinking it but then the people that are making me think of it are saying good points so i don't want to be like oh the thing and then all right well john now you make a good point in this and then maybe i'll remember it again Well,
1: here's the thing i don't have i don't have a spiritual takeaway from this book uh i do know that when i while i was reading it that verse where uh where they say uh you know can a pot say to its maker why have you made me thus and I, and and like that's like completely where my mind kept going with this because this is literally what that conversation would look like if the pot did say that. But I couldn't find a spiritual takeaway to actually apply to this. So I don't have any good points to make. And Celeste does right now. So Celeste, go now. Quick. Now. I do.
3: I remembered. I remembered. Okay. So when JM was saying that uh, that he didn't have a name, it it made me think about how the fact that there's so many people who – don't know their purpose. They don't know why they're here. They don't know God. So they don't know who they were created to be. So you have this, this generation, this group of of Frankensteins be- that are just wandering and doing things and they don't know because no one's told them, no one's shared with them the gospel that God loves them and that is their purpose.
0: I have a point have to a go thought. with this. Yes, because we also talked about this. Which is to say when God created us, he created us with purpose. And if, yeah, if like did. me, you are a good Presbyterian girl, you know man's chief end, which is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So we are created with this purpose and we all know this, which is why I think a lot of people that don't embrace that do feel lost because they're not living to that purpose. Franken- or Franken- The creature was not created by Frankenstein. Stein with a purpose aside from victor validating himself so like the idea of actually living fully without any purpose whatsoever is terrible it's wait, horrible.
1: wait there's a parallel there because we were created to bring god glory right mm-hmm. but the the creature was created to bring frankenstein glory but uh? Uh?
0: god didn't desert us even no, when we don't no, no. bring him glory, so
1: <laughs> I, I'm just saying yeah. there there's a minor parallel.
0: I also commented about yeah. this when I was like, Victor did it because he's egotistical, and people could say, but God made you to worship Him. Isn't that egotistical?
2: Can also be very thankful. But the diff he didn't look upon what mm-hmm. he had made and said, this is repulsive.
0: Yeah, Ew, you yeah. guys are ugly,
3: <laughs> and like. There's also the, the whole thing of God didn't abandon us. There's many times where God could have gone, nope, we're scrapping it, <laughs> scorched Scor- Scor- over,
1: literally. Actually, like, there's a couple times in the Old Testament where he starts to go that direction, but there's someone to but intercede. Even when
3: he does, he still makes a way for the people who are faithful. And then ultimately he made a way for anybody to choose him.
1: Right now, Mary so, Shelley's rolling in her grave because of this conversation.
0: I doubt that there was a lot of bad mentality in this book. No, this one no, brought d- Paradise Lost into it and mentioned Adam and Eve and demons and creation
1: <laughs> again, product of its time to my understanding, Mary Shelley was agnostic at best
0: i I, I didn't know her, so never saw the fruits. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just saying based off of the biographical information that I've read about her. Yeah. However, uh, that's neither here nor there. However, uh, as
0: Francis Schaeffer says, even the non-Christian can make art that promotes the message of God's
1: creation. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree in the slightest on that. Um, you know. In
0: which case, she's not rolling in her grave. She's going, oh, yeah, I did do that. What a shame. I didn't realize it sooner.
1: <laughs> you know. I, My bad. Oof. So. <laughs>
0: Anyway, that's been Frankenstein.
1: (laughs) Frankenstein. I think
0: we're good on Frankenstein. We'll see you guys soon. Not next month. This month for part two where we talk about Dracula. I can't stop it, Celeste. Once again. Oh, God. I was like,
3: why is it still going? (laughs) So long and thanks for all the fish.
0: We read allegedly is part of the devoted geeks network devoted to letting you know that you're loved. If you liked this spooky episode of Frankenstein, be sure to like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We put an episode out every first Friday of the month, but this month watch for a special second episode where we review Dracula. We look forward to seeing you guys then. Bye. That's my husband. Not just a random man in her house. (laughs) Not just a random man that I'm okay with being in my house.